Rated M for Mecca. Welcome to Giant Shooty Robots, the podcast that's all mecha all the time. I'm Ash Beard Guy, and tonight I'm joined by Sentai 5. What's going on, everybody? That's right. We're back, bigger, better than ever. After three years, we were becoming a little bit stagnant. Broadcasters had to die, and it rose from the flames as Giant Shooty Robots. Ah, man. Feels good to be back, homie. Feels good to be back. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. It has been a minute. And I'm just going to fill you in on what you can expect from the new podcast. Well, first of all, we've got a shiny new website, which I built from scratch using WordPress. You can go check that out at www.giantshootyourobots.com. Have you had a look at it, Fives? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. It looks it looks gorgeous. At the moment, we're not publishing episodes there. Um, we're currently still using Anchor. But in the future, I may directly publish episodes on the website. But there is a player on the website where you can listen to currently the entire back catalog of Buildcasters. And also, Giant Shooty Robots will now comprise of free shows. First of all, there'll be the flagship show, Giant Shooty Robots, which will come out monthly, on which we'll review the various iterations of the Gundam franchise, movies, etc., and other mecha anime. Then there'll be Tiny Shooty Robots, which will be a short 10 to 15 minute news podcast, which will focus purely on the world of Gunpla and plastic modeling. That should come out every two weeks, so bi-weekly. And then there'll also be Giant Shooty Robots Gaiden, which takes the place of Buildcasters Gaiden, which is the podcast that's more than a side story that will focus on anime in general, tokusatsu, and just general nerdy, blurdy stuff. And that should also drop kind of on a monthly basis or maybe bi-monthly. I haven't figured that out yet. So Fives, what do you think of that? Is that a more comprehensive list of shows? Everybody's going to be eating good. All of our listeners. So Everybody's going to be eating good. Yeah. Everyone. So for this first episode of Giant Shooty Robots, what I wanted to do is I wanted to take it right back to the beginning and basically recount our Gundam origin stories. So Fives, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell the people about how you became enamored with the Gundam franchise and these Giant Shooty Robots? Well, for me, it all started in a space colony called Side 7. I'm just kidding. Basically, how I got into Gundam was pretty much how a lot of the people around my age group, my generation, I guess, got into Gundam here in the US, which was Toonami's airing of Gundam Wing. And it was something really cool. It was just giant robots. That's like one of the biggest things I'm into in general. It immediately clicked with me. And I remember one of my classmates in first grade, he brought the action figure of the Death Scythe into class. And I'm like, yo, what is that? It's like, oh, it's, it's a show called Gundam and uh, it's on Cartoon Network. So I checked it out. And I was like, oh, I'm immediately, this show is for me. 
And ever since then, they've really been into Gundam. I even got more into it than I already was around high school. I want to say when I was a freshman in high school, I really had like a very hugely ignited interest in it more so than I did as a kid. And then just ever since then, it's been growing, growing and growing. And I've been keeping up with all the content that they've been pushing out for shows. Uh, I try to read some of the manga. I just don't really have a lot of time to do it as much as I would. And some of the novels I would like to get into as well. But mainly all that is just how it happened. And of course, I have a huge backlog of Gunpla in my closet that have been building up for the past year that I'm going to get to this November for Gundumber. So that's basically it. That's where I am today. So for me, my gateway drug into the Gundam franchise was undoubtedly watching Gundam Wing on Toonami. I mean, my nine-year-old brain, its imagination was completely captured by watching the Wing Gundam gracefully dance around the battlefield in animation, sniping dudes with the buster rifle, <laughs> and then transforming into the bird mode and just flying away. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And... I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Now, obviously, I had previously encountered Mecha, or what we in the West designate as Mecha, which is obviously humanoid giant robots, in the Power Rangers franchise, which was obviously adapted from the Super Sentai Tokusatsu franchise um, from Japan. So I had previously encountered Mecha and had somewhat of a love for it. But Gundam Wing just solidified this love, and I fell head over heels. Now... Obviously, after Gundam Wing aired, I caught bits and pieces of Gundam Seed. I also then picked up my first Gunpla, which was, I believe, a no-grade 1144 Buster Gundam. I sent you a picture of that, didn't I? When I found it amongst my childhood stuff. Yes, you did. And well, the box at least. I can't find the bloody photo though, unfortunately. I know. I was like, hmm, I don't think I saved it. I checked and I was like, I, I, I don't have it saved. And I thought you had it saved in our conversation, but... I guess not. <laughs> so it was Wing that basically established my love for the Gundam franchise and mecha anime in general. It was Gundam Seed or a kit from Gundam Seed that caused me to fall truly madly deeply in love with a plastic crack that is known as Gunpla. And it has been detrimental to my wallet ever since. Now, I did take a break from the Gundam franchise and mecha anime for a little bit as I was growing up. After Double O aired in 2008, I believe I may have watched it, um, fan subs. Um, I wasn't really into the second season. So that kind of caused me to like take some time away and I was just growing up and I became more and more involved in the Tokusatsu fandom and Tokusatsu that became my fixation. See, me as a person, I'm not great at like balancing fandoms. So my two great loves, Tokusatsu and anime, have always kind of like battled for my attention. Now, as a kid, primarily, I would say I was into Toku via Power Rangers. And then in my early teens, anime kind of took over. And then in my late teens, early 20s, Toku kind of like took over and grabbed my attention. And now as I'm getting towards my 30s, anime is king again. So yeah. And then around 2018, after some time away from mecha anime and giant shooty robots, I watched a little anime called Gundam Build Fighters. 
And that was the start of the slippery slope into where I currently find myself now. So yeah, that is my Gundam origin story. Fives? When you said um, you kind of lost interest, you know, around when Destiny came out, that's around like the same time where Gundam was just like fading away, I guess, from the West for a little bit of time. So it, it actually kind of makes sense why you started moving on to other things as well. A few years after Seed, it was a little bit of a hiatus with Gundam and then Double O came out. <laughs> that's what really drew me back into Gundam again, because I, I was watching that anime every week. I was keeping up with a lot of stuff going on with it, and it really sparked my interest to finally buy a Gunpla at age 15, which was the high grade. Actually, it's not really a high grade, but for back then they called it a high grade. It was the high grade Wing Gundam Zero from Gundam Wing. And then that summer I went to the city and Chinatown has a whole bunch of places, a bunch of anime stores and stuff where you could buy a bunch of Gunpla because Gunpla was really hard to find locally in that capacity. And I bought a ton of Gundam Seed kits and a bunch of Gundam Double O kits and then it just started my addiction for plastic crack. <laughs> yeah, Gundam Seed, man. Gundam Seed. I mean, Gundam Seed has a lot of incredible designs. It was really the last iteration of the Gundam franchise that like Kunio Okawara kind of had massive influence over. Mm -hmm. The suits in Gundam 00 are primarily designed by Kanatake, the Exia Emperor, Ebikawa, and his mandem, not Kunio. So yeah but um seed was a great series man had a lot of great designs my favorite from seed being obviously the og freedom gundam 110 percent. oh my gundam universe freedom gundam i got charged for that so i need to ship that out from hlj nice i'm just waiting for my eclipse gundams to come into stock before i ship everything so yeah i've got two eclipse kits nice nice one for me and one for one of my boys because if i eat we all eat you know what i'm saying <laughs> did you manage to get an eclipse i canceled my pre-order but i can easily get it again i, I want to know your thoughts before i actually commit to it you canceled your pre-order yeah have you not seen mecha guy kotsu's review i have but i still i need i need it from someone i actually know i need i need the i need the opinion from someone i know so what, i have to build this before you buy it exactly i want to know you should have let me know I literally would have <laughs> bought you the Eclipse, shipped it to your house, and then you could have just given me back the money like whenever, <laughs> innit? It's all good. I can literally get it from my uh, local hobby shop because they have them. How much did your local hobby shop gonna charge for it? They they we, we they pre-ordered it. They said they're selling it for the same price it goes up for at HLJ. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, that's not too bad then, man. I thought they were going to add like a hobby shop premium on top of that still. For a lot of their kits, they do, which is like an extra like $2, which is not that bad. But for this one, I think since they're getting a lot of them in, they said they're just going to be charging it for like a regular price. Okay, that's not too bad. Anyway, let's cut the gunpla talk because that's for tiny shooty robots. So obviously you gave us your origin story about how you got into the Gundam franchise. Were you exposed to Mecha in any other way? from any other franchises or mecha anime as a child and in your teens? Uh, yeah, obviously Power Rangers and Super Sentai. That was like my very first. As I got on Transformers, Voltron, a few other anime franchises. Um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. There's, there's so many. Oh, my God. Uh, the Brave series is one of them. Incredibly good. What? What? Uh, let's see. What else? There is also Web Diver. I, I used to be into that when I was a lot younger. I, there's just so many mecha franchises I checked out as a kid that like it's just it's too many to list. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Web Diver had an English dub. I never watched the English dub. I don't I don't know if it had an English dub. I used to watch the subs for it. Oh, just like on like Kiss Anime or whatever. Whatever was back then. Yeah, I used to torrent a lot <laughs> when I was a kid. Oh, you used to torrent the stuff. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. It's the perks of having an older brother because uh, I learned all that stuff from him. I didn't even know you had an older brother, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's seven years old. Is, is he a weeb as well? Uh, not as much as I am, but he, he'll check out a few things for sure. Wait, your older brother's seven years older than you. That's a big gap, bro. Yeah. 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 Are you the youngest? I am the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. 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 Fair enough. I'm the eldest. So yeah. <laughs> Although I have my sister's only two years younger than me, so that gap's a lot closer. But she is not a weeb in any way, shape, or form. Oh, okay. Which is kind of unfortunate, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I remember Sakura Wars for a time. Wow, Sakura Taizen, no way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zone of the Enders. I think I used to have a DVD set somewhere uh, when ADV Films were distributing it. And Zoids was another thing I was really into as well as a kid. I also remember watching, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It came out in like 2004, 2005. Aquarion, that's what it was. What, Genesis of Aquarion? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why the, why the name slipped from me for some reason, but I've, I've watched that, yeah. But yeah, there, there's a lot more I've checked out over the years that's just... It's slowly coming to me. <laughs> some of them have had like one or two sequels and that's it. Or some of them just never even had. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of them, it's just been a lot of time for, since I had last checked them out as well for all the other uh, big franchises. I mean, for me personally, other than Gundam, Power Rangers was obviously a big gateway drug into Mecha. But in terms of stuff that's actually been animated, there was a show that used to air in the UK called The Botsmaster. I think it was a French cartoon that came out in like the mid 90s. I mean, I was born in 92. So obviously I'm young enough to remember that. That had Mecha in it. That had giant robots in it. So that was another like minor gateway drug. Then there was something that had a massive, massive effect on me, which was Beast Wars. Now I know obviously that's Western animation, CGI animation. I mean, it was animated by mainframe entertainment out of Canada. Hell yeah. But that had a huge, huge effect on my love of Mecca. And then the other thing that kind of pulled me in massively was the Transformers Unicorn trilogy. Mm -hmm. So Armada or Legend of the Microns, as it's called in Japan, Energon or Superlink, as it's called in Japan, and Cybertron or Galaxy Force, as it's known in Japan. That massively pulled me into Mecha and also fueled my love of super robots as well. Obviously, Gundam is very much a real robot franchise, not including Mobile Fighter G Gundam and Double O. You can kind of argue that Double O is a super robot show, but that's a debate that could go on forever. <laughs> but yeah, the Unicron trilogy really, really solidified my love of super robots. Obviously, I came and discovered the Brave series and so on and so forth afterwards. But yeah, Unicorn Trilogy, man. Um, I know it's not seen as some of the best Transformers um, animation or anime, but it was definitely, definitely important to me in my formative years and helped me fixate on Mecha um, as a genre or medium, to be perfectly honest. I, I have to agree because um, 
I was in that same era where like we had Beast Wars, Beast Machines, Transformers, Robots in Disguise, and then the Unicron trilogy. Ironically, Galaxy Force was the first um, Transformers I watched in, <laughs> as the air in Japan because it came out in Japan a little bit before you know we got it. So it was it was interesting. The thing with Galaxy Force is that it originally wasn't linked to the previous two iterations of the Unicron trilogy. Yeah, that's right. It was the English writers that did that. I mean, they did it pretty well. Um, there are some like massive inconsistencies. Yeah. I think the best Unicron trilogy show is probably still Armada though, right? Yeah, I think so. A lot of people, a lot of people just really hate if you even mention the Unicron trilogy. They can't stand it. They can't stand it. A lot of Transformers fans don't like it. Yeah. G1ers or whatever. <laughs> but what they don't realize is that it actually helped create a lot of them. Right, exactly. Like a lot of us millennials that were born in like the early to mid 90s are fans of Transformers because of the Unicron trilogy. That's right. I feel like the Unicron trilogy isn't as hated as the Bay movies though. Um, I don't know. I actually don't really know. I'm not really involved in the Transformers fandom anymore like I used to be. The, I kind of got all Transformers out <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> Speaking of the Bay movies, I think 1, 2, and 3 are pretty good. And Bumblebee is an amazing film in general. Oh, yeah? Uh, the Transformers movies. But, like, yeah, the last two are not good. They're just not good in general. Are you talking about the ones with... um? the hell's his face uh mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. those two weren't good right yeah 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 those two they're not good i've only seen them once and i i just never had any need to rewatch them ever again but it's funny though because i mean i know we're taking a slight detour but the first three transformers films like when they originally came out they actually got a lot of hate yeah they did but when you go back and watch them they're actually pretty good live action transformers is like something i always wanted as a kid so i'm I'll always appreciate that. Yeah. The first movie is actually genuinely a good film, but Bumblebee, man, don't even get me started on how good a film Transformers Bumblebee is. Were you able to see John Cena? What, in Bumblebee? Yeah, were you able to see him? (laughs) (laughs) No, no one can see John Cena. (laughs) And if they're telling you that they can, they're lying. (laughs) Even though he follows me on Twitter, but humble brag. (laughs) Nice. Alright, I'm gonna stop humming the John Cena entrance music. Dr. Thugonomics. <laughs> Dr. Mechanomics. <laughs> this is the Giant Shooty Robot Spotlight. Welcome to the Giant Shooty Robot Spotlight, or GSR Spotlight for short. A new segment where we'll be taking a look at our favorite Gundams, mobile suits, and mecha from a mechanical design standpoint. Each time we'll focus on one particular mecha and its design, not including variants or upgraded versions. The idea for this segment was somewhat inspired by one of my favorite Gundam podcasts at this moment in time, Mechanista and G. So shout outs to Six Detmar and Low Poly Robot. The work they are doing on that podcast is absolutely amazing. They really, really get in depth. They really get into the weeds and they look at variants and upgraded versions. So to kind of differentiate this segment, I just want to focus on one particular design and I won't be going into as much detail as they do. So for the first giant shooty robot spotlight, I'm going to take a look at the design of one of the most iconic Gundams in the entirety of the franchise. Well, at least in the West. The focus of tonight's Giant Shooty Robot Spotlight is the Wing Gundam. Well, the EW version, because it's my favorite Gundam design of all time. 
Designed by the incredibly talented hands of Hajime, the Gundam Fix Professor Kotoki, the Wing Gundam EW is a redesign of Kunio Okawara's Wing Gundam, the eponymous suit of the 1995 Gundam television series New Mobile Report Gundam Wing. So after having redesigned Kunio Okawara's original versions of the upgraded Gundams from New Mobile Report Gundam Wing for the sequel movie Endless Waltz, Hajime Katoki went back and redesigned the original Gundams. The Wing Gundam, the Heavy Arms, the Death Scythe, the Sanrock, and the Shenlong. Since it was redesigned to correspond with Hajime Katoki's version of the Wing Gundam Zero from Endless Waltz, this is the reason why it's referred to as the Wing Gundam EW. So with regards to mecha design, each designer has their own specific signature style. And there are hallmarks of Katoki's signature style all over the Wing Gundam EW. I mean, the first thing to note is when you compare Katoki-san's version of the Wing Gundam to Okawara-san's version of the Wing Gundam, you notice that it's sleeker. The lines used to draw it and its proportions are far, far more angular and some would say realistic. That is the most obvious thing. And then you come down to some of the smaller details. The first and most obvious of these smaller details is the double V-fin on the EW Wing Gundam. The original Wing Gundam only has a singular V-fin and the EW version has a double V-fin. Aesthetically, I would say I prefer the double V-fin on the EW Gundam, but obviously <laughs> the TV version of the Wing Gundam is such a classic that it's very, very, very hard to determine um, which one I would prefer at a push. I would definitely, definitely say I prefer the EW version. The next change we're gonna look at is the shoulders. Now on the Endless Waltz version of the Wing Gundam, the shoulders are split into three sections. There's kind of like a white section at the top, a blue section in the middle, and then a red section at the bottom. Now this white section has yellowish gold detailing on it. Now obviously this represents the Gundam tricolor, but for me, it's overly complex. I prefer the much simpler blue and white shoulders of the TV version of the Wing Gundam. Now don't get twisted, just because the Wing Gundam EW is my favorite Gundam design of all time. It doesn't mean that it's above critique and that's just personal preference. I just personally prefer the shoulders of the original Wing Gundam. Next, we come onto the design of the arms and on the arms, the Wing Gundam EW has some special equipment compared to the TV version. On the arms, the Wing Gundam has something called energy cartridge pods. Now these two energy cartridge pods are mounted on the Wing Gundam's forearms and they each contain three spare energy cartridges for a total of six cartridges for the Wing Gundam's Buster Rifle. This basically allows the Wing Gundam EW's Buster Rifle to fire a total of nine shots compared to the three of the TV version. Next, we'll come onto the legs. There's not much to say here other than the fact that they are far more lithe and angular than the legs of Okawara-san's TV version of the Wing Gundam. Do I prefer them? I can't say that I do. 
I like them. I feel that they fit the design of the Wing Gundam EW, but I feel like they need more mass. They need to be more substantial in a sense. And last, but by no means least, before we go on to looking at the equipment differences, we are going to take a look at the wings of the Wing Gundam EW, which are far more elaborate, are patterned with the Gundam tricolor, as opposed to the plain gold, well, gold in inverted commas and white wings of the TV version, and are far, far more bird-like. And this is very, very, very apparent when the Wing Gundam EW transforms into its bird mode. With regards to the wings on the Wing Gundam EW, I would say that these are by far its most outstanding feature aesthetically. And I would definitely, definitely say that I prefer them in comparison to the Okawara TV version. Now what we'll do is we'll just shine a light on some of the equipment differences between Kunio Okawara's TV version of the Wing Gundam and the Wing Gundam EW. So with regards to weapons and equipment, let's get the similarities out of the way first. The Wing Gundam EW still has a bird mode, although there are some aesthetic differences, obviously, between the TV version and this version of the bird mode. The main aesthetic difference, I would say, is the energy pods being mounted on the underside and how elaborate the wings are. Other than that, it's very much the same. The shield is mounted on the top of the head. The buster rifle is mounted at the front underneath the shield. So it's not hugely, hugely different from the TV version. However, I definitely, definitely do prefer the bird mode of the EW version, just aesthetically. I mean, it looks a lot more like its namesake than the TV version, that's for sure. This is mostly down to the wings. Now, in terms of weaponry, the EW version still has the Vulcan guns, still has the machine cannons, it still has the shield. However, in addition to these things, it also has the energy cartridges, which gives it far more shots from the Buster rifle and makes it far more useful, arguably. And it also has an additional weapon called the Dre Zverg. First of all, I hope I didn't butcher that name. And secondly, Gundam mechanical designers just love giving mobile suit weapons German names. My goodness. But anyway, so essentially what the Dreisverg is, is a highly powerful beam weapon that is composed of three smaller beam weapons or rifles called the Messerswerk. Now, it can be used on its own or in Glory of Losers and Frozen Teardrop, it can be mounted on the Wing Gundam's Buster Rifle to increase its firepower, to massively, massively increase its firepower. And this configuration is known as the Dreisverg Buster. And I haven't read Glory of Losers or Frozen Teardrop, but I imagine when combined with the Buster Rifle, we're talking about the power to probably destroy cities or space colonies. Now that's just pure speculation, but the Wing Gundam's Buster Rifle is already inordinately powerful as it is. It does not need a boost. So the Dreisverg itself, so the Dreisverg itself was originally designed for the Wing Gundam Proto Zero and not the Wing Gundam EW. And its data was stored inside the Zero system. Hero basically constructs imperfect copies and this is how he's able to use that weapon. Um, since it's not made of Gundanium alloy, it can only be fired once per 
battle. But one imagines that's all it needs because I assume that as soon as it's fired, accurately, the battle is over and the opponent is obliterated. So now that we've covered that, some final thoughts on the Wing Gundam EW. Hijime Katoki has essentially taken what is one of, if not the most iconic Gundams in the Western public consciousness and refined it, made its proportions more realistic and made it even more aesthetically pleasing than it was before. There's a reason why this is my favorite Gundam design of all time and why I am such a fan of Kotoki's work. He's not my favorite mechanical designer of all time. That spot goes to Ebikawa. However, his design work is definitely iconic and he has definitely had an incredibly positive impact on the Gundam franchise, both culturally and aesthetically. So that was the Giant Shooty Robot Spotlight. See you next time. Cower and fear at the Giant Shooty Robot Spotlight. Fives, where can we find you on social media? You can find me mostly on Twitter, at Sentai5, as well as YouTube, which I have to start getting back into videos, but with my school and work schedule, it's kind of hectic at the moment. But you can find me on YouTube at Sentai5Official. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Guy. You can find my project, Black Anime Podcasts, which promotes anime and manga podcasts by Black creators on Twitter and Instagram at Black Anime Pods and on the internet at blackanimepodcasts.com. You can find this lovely podcast, Giant Shooty Robots, on social media. On Twitter, that's at Giant Shooty Robo, because Twitter only allows us to have 15 characters. And on Instagram, that's at Giant Shooty Robots. And on Caspar Rim Daikon's internet, that's at www.giantshootyrobots.com. And that's Giant Shooty Robots over and done with. Peace. Later, everybody. Battle ended. Battle ended. Here among the stars, everything is regulated by machines. This episode of Giant Shooty Robots was produced by Ash Beard Guy with music provided by Versi Jones. I love Giant Shooty Robots.